This is Cut and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for June 29th, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Every time I hear that hymn, I think of my good friend Willie Pratt um, from St. Peter's in Louisville in my days as a layperson on the vestry because he said that was the John Wayne hymn uh, to be a pilgrim. So, uh, he found some way to make me remember him. He's unforgettable. Today's Old Testament lesson has this interesting story in it that is really strange to us today. It's even hard for people to fathom how God could even ask such a thing. And, and to really understand it, you need a little bit of context to, to figure out where all this comes in. When we just read it out of the blue like that, it sounds like God's just being arbitrary and gets up one day in a bad mood and says, I'm going to get him. But that's not what happens. If you remember, Abraham lived um, in Ur of the Chaldees, which is near Babylon, um, where the Tigris and Euphrates River come together. Pleasant place even today. And, um, and uh, he says to him, go, take all of your family, all of your livestock and everything, and, and I will show you a land that I will give you. A land flowing with milk and honey. Comes to be known as the promised land. The land that he's promised. And so he's wandering, and he keeps wandering and wandering and wandering, hoping that he will find it. And one of the things that happens during that time was that his wife, Sarah, is unable to conceive a child. And so God has told Abraham, though, he promised him, that I will make a covenant with you that your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. That's a lot of people. Well, time goes on and Sarah doesn't get pregnant. And then it says um, she was after the manner of women, which I guess is a nice way of saying she was old. Um, (laughs) And so she couldn't bear children anymore. And so Sarah gets an idea because God has promised that Abraham's descendants will be as numerous as stars, and obviously that's not going to work, so she's going to help God out. Have you all ever had that problem? You want to help God out, you know, give him a little nudge, kind of get it going, you know? And so she decides what she's going to do is take her slave Hagar and have her lie with, with Abraham, and then when she conceives, she'll take that child, and that will be their child. And so, surely enough, Abraham doesn't put up a fight at all, and it goes along with this, and uh you have to wonder about Abraham. He never fights about any of this stuff in here, by the way. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, he just goes along with everything. But, and so, and surely enough, they, they conceive, and, and, and Hagar bears a son called Ishmael, from whom the Arabs today get, um, claim their descent. Um, that's true. We have no idea of knowing, because it wasn't exactly like records were being kept in Bedouin tribes. But, but Ishmael becomes his son. And then, one day, some angels visit Abraham. And one of the things they they tell him is that Sarah will conceive and bear a son. Apparently, Sarah got a kick out of that because she's in the tent and she starts cackling. She thought that was hilarious. And they ask, well, why is Sarah laughing? And you can imagine Abraham, he's talking to angels now. He's going, well, I'm not sure she really is buying your story, you know. (laughs) But surely enough, what happens is that Sarah conceives and she has a son who they name Isaac. Well, now Sarah has a problem. Because of her helping God out, her son is now the second eldest male, the descendant of, of Abraham. And so who is going to inherit um, all of Abraham's property and his mantle and his blessing and all those sorts of things? So she decides that 
no one should get in ahead of Isaac. Isaac is the true heir. And so she tells Abraham to take Hagar and Ishmael and send them away into the desert, which is effectively a death sentence, by the way, um, and would have been if God hadn't promised to protect them and take care of them. And Abraham, once again, says, all right, you know, he goes along with them, and, and off they go. And so it's, that's the context in which God comes to him and says, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, because he's the only son he has remaining at this point. And he says, take him to a place that I will show you, and there I want you to sacrifice him on an altar for me. Now, the reason for why God is doing this um, isn't just because, you know, it's like, hey, let's, let's pull, you know, Abraham's chain and see what happens or something. I mean, he, he's actually, you know, trying to be righteous because we hear about it, Paul talks about today, what are the wages of sin? Death. Well, would you say that Abraham had sinned? Abraham and Sarah had sinned along the way? I mean, it seemed to me like they compounded sin after sin after sin. And so the wages of sin is death. And, and in many ways, what would be more appropriate than the death of this dream that Abraham has? You know, and so death is required for justice. And God has to do something. And so Abraham gets his servants, and they get a donkey, and they, they get all the stuff together, and his son Isaac, and they go wandering off. And Isaac, apparently he's old enough to figure out some things, and he goes, hey, Dad, you know, I, here's wood for the fire, and we got a fire, but, you know, but, but, but where's the lamb? Oh, God will provide that, son. And so, well, all right. And so they go, they tell the servants to stay at the foot of what we now know of as Mount Moriah, where he climbs to the top of that, and there's a rock at the top of Mount Moriah that now is under the dome of the rock. Um, the Arabs believe that Muhammad ascended into heaven from that place. For Jews and Christians, it's where Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. 